The end of Kiri Allen's political career uh, throws up a couple of key questions. One, does it also spell the end of the government? As in the final straw, they look too unstable as a party, they're losing too many ministers, and they have no one else to take on serious portfolios, and the management of our country now starts to look like a school project. And two, was enough duty of care employed by the Labour leadership to look out for her. You know, Labour's desperately trying to paint itself as not responsible for any of this. They did their best. They offered her help, counselling, mentorship. They say Hipkin says he spoke with her. He was reassured she was fine. But how often do people in a hole or a bind tell you they're fine when they're actually not? How much exploratory work was done on whether she truly was fine? And given many of us could tell just from the small snippets we saw and from what we were hearing that she was clearly not fine, how did the Labour leadership misread it so badly? There is an onus on leaders to really account for the well-being of people under that much pressure, especially people who've already stated they're under pressure and suffering mental health issues. You know, you don't just bounce back from mental health issues like you do a cold. It takes time. I've experienced firsthand management which takes a pastoral approach to care and staff well-being. When I got a very bad dose of COVID, I felt so terrible about all the time off work I was having. I felt the weight of responsibility to turn up. I was trying to get back to work by telling myself I was ready. But my boss's response was very clear. While we'd love to have you back, he said, we don't want you back until you're 100%. You're well rested and you're actually ready for it. He said it'd be futile to rush back only to then relapse and need more time off. That's a duty of care. That's good management. That's taking people's health and wellness Seriously, I wanted to return just as Kerry Allen obviously did, but management thought better of it. So is Labour responsible here for accepting her at her word that she was fine and not looking at the bigger picture of all she was dealing with? Were they blinkered by their own desperation to steady a rocky ship and have the party out of the headlines for all the wrong reasons? The key question is whether this affects their vote. I heard another host on this station who shall remain nameless, Mike Hosking saying uh, if this doesn't show an unstable government, then what does? And he predicts it'll be a landslide for the Nats come October. I'm not so sure about that. Labour loyalists are hardcore. I mean, I know this personally. I'm donkey deep and family members who are hardcore Labour fans. And hardcore Labour loyalists don't see any of this sideshow as affecting the party's purpose. They don't see the failures or the lack of delivery. They love Jacinda, even now. They don't hold anything against the party because they can only see red. Nothing will sway them. Not even a crumbling cabinet. Nothing will sway them to vote anything but red. So the Labour Party faithful won't be moved. It's the swing voter who needs to be riled by this. Will they be though? Or will this just add to a long lineup of schmozzles that get forgotten about come polling day? For more from Early Edition with Kate Hawksby, listen live to News Talk ZB from 5am weekdays or follow the podcast on iHeartRadio.